So yes, as I said, welcome everyone to the season two finale of Rookie Ball. And ladies and gentlemen, this season has been incredible, not only statistically, but just everything sounds better, feels better, and the enjoyment is there for me. I enjoyed season one very heavily, but I've enjoyed season two even more, and I cannot wait for season three because something that I'm not going to really get into today, but I'm going to get into a lot with season three is the World Cup has been announced. All the teams have been announced. All the groups have been announced. And I have never really watched soccer. I've watched some games here and there. I've watched some hometown games with FC Cincinnati. But I've never gone and watched the big games. I've never gone and watched the World Cup. So I pledged, just like I did with hockey a little bit this season, to watch the World Cup whenever it starts and include it in Season 3 of Rookie Ball so you can bet your bottom dollar that if you're a soccer fan, you'll be hearing a lot more of it in season three but i do know that the usa made it and that was a bit of a shock uh, they were kind of one of the border teams so we will see how that goes but soccer i will see you in season three so what are we going to be talking about in the season two finale before we go on to what will be an amazing season in three well march madness is coming to an end and by the time this episode is out there will only be three games remaining, the two Final Four games and the National Championship. So, by the time Season 3 starts, March Madness will have already crowned a champion. So, I figured it might help to just talk about it now. Because we talked about who I already have in the championship, who I think is going to win. I think Duke is going to win over Villanova. But, I just want to take a second. And I want to... I want to thank March Madness because this is the first March Madness we've had with fans in two years and it feels like an eternity. We canceled it during the year of 2020 and then we had one in 2021 without fans where Baylor would go on to win but it felt off just like with the NBA bubble. It was definitely an experience but something about it just felt off. And so this year we finally got it with fans. We got it with the atmosphere. We've all known to love and it truly was a blessing even though i feel the final four was a little boring and now and i don't mean that in a mean way to to march madness and it's not like they planned it out this way but it's just it's four teams that are usually basketball dominant anyways so i don't know it feels a little less exciting than most final fours do Maybe that's because usually I see Kentucky fighting for a Final Four spot every year. But I don't know. I just don't feel as much excitement with the Final Four as I usually do. But that's not to take away from how exciting this tournament has been. It just goes by so fast. I wish I had more of it almost. And that's crazy to say because there's more games than any other playoff uh, with this with this one. But... I just kind of wish there was a little bit more. Maybe they prolonged it a little bit. But then obviously I'd be wanting games every day like it is right now. So it's just real short, real simple. I would like to thank March Madness for coming back full firing with fans. It's absolutely amazing. And I cannot wait for next season of college basketball. Because basketball is coming to an end. And... 
I think at the beginning of this season, I did my picks for the NBA awards. Now, each team has about five games left. So we talked about the playoffs, where we think some teams will land in the standings. But we did not talk about individual things, the individual awards. So we're going to be going over with about five to six games left in the regular season, who I think is going to be taking home those NBA awards. And then we only have one more thing to talk about in today's finale. So starting off with the big boy, the big award, the NBA MVP award right now. This seems like a three-man race, maybe even a two-man race. I think Devin Booker should be considered in here, but right now it is between Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. And I know the NBA doesn't like repeating awards, but man, does Jokic deserve this. And I have a very valid argument for Embiid. He's been playing at an amazing level. He's on a great team in the standings. And he's putting up numbers that have only been put up by, honestly, even only Michael Jordan. But Nikola Jokic is doing something that I think has never been done in the NBA. in not only completely carrying a team to a playoff spot, let me remind you that this man is top six right now in the West without his second and third best player. This man is playing with only role players and continuing to make this a championship contending team in the Western Conference. Joel Embiid has played amazing this season. As I said, numbers compare to one of Michael Jordan. And he continues to play with this amount of talent. I think missing a couple of games might have hurt him. Uh, and also, I think having such an all-star teammate in James Harden might have limited him a little bit compared to Jokic, who is just getting all the shots. And same with Giannis. But Giannis, in a good way, his coach lets him rest. Uh, but it does not help the stats at some times. And then, like I said, I think Devin Booker should be considered in here. I mean, there was a whole month where Chris Paul was not playing. And Devin Booker was still leading this team to a number one spot in the West. Now, do I think he's having a better statistical season than Jokic and Bede? Absolutely not. But I've always thought it says the most valuable player and I think Booker is the most valuable player to his team. Moving on to the 2022 Rookie of the Year. Now, this has been Evan Mobley's award to win since like the second month, but he did just come down with an injury, and that leaves the door open for Scotty Barnes and Kate Cunningham to come in there, and if they play at a high enough level, I could see a world with with Kate Cunningham taking this award at the end of the year. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No, because I think we all don't realize how underwhelming uh, generally as an NBA player that rookie stats are, but they are very good for rookies. But when you look at Evan Mobley's stats, even with this injury, he has just played at a general NBA level uh playing like one of the better players in the nba and i think for that evan mobley deserves this uh i could definitely see scotty barnes taking home this award though i think this is one of the awards where we just kind of don't really know uh we kind of have to see how kate and scotty perform for the rest of the season to decide 
if they did enough to take it away from Evan. But if I'm putting money on it, I got Evan Mobley taking home this award at the end of the year. Sixth Man of the Year award is an already locked up competition. Tyler Hero has absolutely dominated this award the whole season. And for that fact, he is a minus 20,000 favorite to win this award. And that is absolutely insane. That means if you don't bet on this guy, you're the dumbest man alive. Tyler Hero is going to win this award. He's been averaging over 20 points per game off the bench. That's absolutely ridiculous. He's starting to look like a Lou Williams type player who is just always great off the bench. And that's what he was uh, in the NBA bubble too when he was coming off the bench. He might have been starting, but I'm pretty sure he was coming off the bench as a six man. And he went off. So Tyler Hero, absolutely, without a doubt, the six man of the year. And I can't wait to see him in the playoffs. The NBA Defensive Player of the Year is the closest race by far outside of the top two in MVP voting, but I have no idea who is going to win this. When I go on Vegas odds, nobody is a minus anything to win this award. Everyone is plus. And, you know, I would want to go with the fun pick and Marcus Smart, a guard winning Defensive Player of the Year, but that's just not how it usually works. Uh, now, I think there is a chance a forward could win it. I think Mikel Bridges could win it. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. could win it. And if you had asked me earlier in the season, I said Draymond Green would have been a huge contender for this one. But at the end of the day, just over the past decade, the Defensive Player of the Year award truly has just been a center and power forward dominant category. And although I think Marcus Smart and Mikel Bridges have played amazing this season, Bam Adebayo has had one of the best defensive seasons I've seen since Rudy Gobert, and he continues to dominate. Uh, now, he's not stat padding the defensive categories, or he's not one of the most dominant offensive players in the NBA, but he gets it done, and he's been getting it done since he came into the league as the power forward slash center for the Miami Heat, and I think he deserves this award. There's a lot of people that deserve this award, but I think if I could choose my top, it would be Bam Adebayo, and he is my pick to win Defensive Player. The final two awards, I'm going to start with the NBA Coach of the Year Award, and without a doubt, this has got to go to Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. I mean, this team has dominated. The, the Phoenix Suns, without a doubt, in the regular season are the best team in the NBA, and there's absolutely no question about it. They would dominate in either conference, but they continue to dominate in the West, which if you're asking me is the more dominant conference. Now, there are some coaches that if Monty Williams was not in this year, definitely deserve it. Taylor Jenkins from the Memphis Grizzlies absolutely deserves this award. J.B. Bickerstaff from Cleveland has had an amazing season. And even Eric Spolstra from Miami has led this team to a top spot in the Eastern Conference. But Monty Williams has put together this amazing Phoenix Suns team and brought them together chemistry-wise, and they have continued to play their asses off this entire season. So Monty Williams absolutely deserves the NBA Coach of the Year award. The final award I want to go over, and I want to go over it because I think there's been a lot of controversy over this award over the last few years, and that is the Most Improved Player Award. And I think this is just controversial because one of the favorites right now is John Morant. 
And for me, even though John Morant is performing insane and there has been a big jump this season, John Morant went from very good to great. Uh, so we already knew that this guy was an all-NBA level talent. For me, most improved means you went from you went from bad to this is a starting player on any team in the NBA. Like it has to be a huge jump. Not we already knew you were good, but you got better. Uh, so when I'm looking at these other players on the list, Darius Garland. Darius Garland went from a non-household name to an all-star this season. DeJounte Murray went from a low trade piece to one of the best players in the NBA this season and leading a team, the San Antonio Spurs, to a possible play-in scenario. Miles Bridges has gone from a player barely ever known to a top two player on a very talented Charlotte Hornets team. So when I'm looking at the other players and even including Tyrese Maxey who's made a huge jump from his rookie year to sophomore year, even though I personally do believe that John Morant has improved greatly over this season, Darius Garland, DeJounte Murray, Miles Bridges, players like that have actually improved from players that we've never really ever heard of to being some of the best players in the NBA. So if you're asking me, I personally believe that Darius Garland deserves this award. Do I think it will go to him? No, I think they'll give it to John Morant. But I personally believe that Darius Garland should win this award. But let me know what you guys think on the NBA awards if you think I should have picked something different. But that is all the time we have for the NBA. So let's get into our last segment. Season one of Rookie Ball, we ended on the NFL. And in the season two finale of Rookie Ball, we are ending on the NFL because it is time for my way too early predictions of the NFL this season. I'm going to be going division by division, predicting the the standings of each division and each conference in the NFL. So let's get right into it. In the AFC, we have the AFC East. The Dolphins have gotten significantly better. The Patriots have made absolutely no moves. The Bills have made a few moves here and there, but they've been big ones. And that is why I still have the Bills going on to win this division. But I do have a little bit of a switch. I have the Dolphins moving into second. I don't know if they're going to claim the wildcard spot. I want to go through the rest of my divisions and figure that one out. But I do think the Dolphins land themselves in second with the Patriots falling and the Jets still landing at the bottom of the division for this season. The AFC West, one of the most stacked divisions I've ever seen in the history of the NFL, and one of these teams is not going to make the playoffs most likely because they all have to play each other twice, and one of them is going to have to be the weakest link. Who is it going to be? Well, I do personally believe that the Chargers will win the division this season. I think they they were one step away and they added two or three steps this season. So I think the Chargers go away with the AFC West, following them right in second. I have the Las Vegas Raiders. I think the addition of Devontae Adams makes this team absolutely elite. And they added Chandler Jones alongside Max Crosby to make the defensive line absolutely unstoppable. I think the offense is great. I like the defense on this team. And they sit 
right where they were last season at second. In third, it is a team that I did not think I would see here, but the Kansas City Chiefs I do have as third in the AFC West this season. I think they're still a great team, and I think they will be a great team this season, but they did lose Tyreek Hill. And I think outside of Travis Kelsey, they don't have a dominant receiver on this team. And that is because Travis Kelsey is going to get doubled this season. So I don't think Patrick Mahomes will have as many people to throw to or people that get open as much. So for that reason, I got Kansas City landing in third. And right below them is the Broncos. I think adding Russell Wilson was a great move. And I think they will be improved from last season. Maybe not record-wise, but the team will just be better. Uh, but I still have them landing at the bottom of this division. I think they just got unlucky. They made the move for Russell and the rest of the division took it as a threat. And I still think all three teams above them are better and will land above them in the standings. But I think this division could go anyway. I see any team landing in first. I see any team landing in last. But that is my prediction right there. With the AFC North, people continue to disrespect the Bengals even after making a Super Bowl and that is why I have them in first they're gonna win this division the Ravens will be good I have the Ravens landing in second assuming they'll be healthy this season but I still think the Bengals are better than them they beat them even with Lamar and Marquise Brown the only player they did not have was Marlon Humphrey and I'm just telling you the Bengals are gonna win this division the Ravens will get second and then it's going to go Browns and Steelers. I keep saying that the Steelers will get last. And they made the playoffs last season. But I do truly believe that with Mitchell Trubisky, that's six free losses, all courtesy of the other AFC North teams. The Browns, I like the, well, I don't like the person, but I do think it will make them better by adding Deshaun Watson. And for that reason, they land exactly where they were last season in third. I just think the Ravens and Bengals are still better than them. And so for that reason, I have them landing in third. And in without a doubt, the weakest division in the AFC, the AFC South. I'm going to go ahead with the Titans to win this division. Uh, it will be close between them and the Colts. The Texans and Jaguars will still land in the final two spots, but I do have them flip-flopping. I have the Jaguars in third and the Texans in fourth because the Jaguars actually made moves to get better during free agency. I am a firm believer that the Colts will not be a playoff team this year, although I do think they will be fighting for the division spot because I don't expect the division winner in this division to have that good of a record. And for that reason, I think it will come down to the final week, but I think the Titans pull it off with Derrick Henry coming back and he will be dominant. So then who will be the wildcard teams? There are a lot of teams that contend for these final three spots and deserve these final three spots. But for me, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Raiders, Ravens, and Dolphins. I think I would put the Chiefs here, but if they do end up landing in third, that means they had to have lost a few division games. And I think the AFC is just so competitive this year that you're going to need at least uh, 11 or 10 wins to make it into the playoffs. And I think if you give them four to five losses off of division games, they're going to lose one more, and that'll land them at 10, 11 wins. And obviously, they'll lose a couple more. So I do have the Chiefs landing right outside the playoffs, 
And it's not fair because I do think they're better than the Ravens and Dolphins. But the Ravens have to play the Steelers twice a year. That's two free wins. The Dolphins will play the Patriots and the Jets uh, twice a year. I think that's three to four wins for the Dolphins right there. So if you're truly asking me, it just comes down to the Dolphins and Ravens have to play less competitive games in their division than the Chiefs do. Moving on to the NFC, we have the NFC East. Uh, I don't know who's going to win this division. The Commanders do get a little bit better by adding Carson Wentz, but is it enough to move into first in this division? No. I think this division ends up exactly how it was this season. I like it going Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, Giants. Maybe flip-flopping. And yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. I think the Commanders will go over the Eagles this season. One team is going to make it out into the, into the playoffs this year. And due to my predictions, I'm going to go with the Cowboys to win. In the NFC West, just like its counterpart in the AFC, the best division in its conference, the Rams got better this offseason. The Cardinals added a couple pieces. The 49ers, you know, made it to the NFC Championship game last year. The Seahawks will be at the bottom of the standings. They will not be as competitive as they were this past season because of losing Russell Wilson. But they are very much so built for the future with that trade. How do I think this division is going to land this year? I do personally believe that the 49ers will land at the top of this division. I think Trey Lance will have an amazing season. Uh, according, it seems like Jimmy Garoppolo will be cut from the team because they can't find a trade for him because every team has landed its quarterback. So I do think the 49ers go on to win this division, but right behind him is the Rams and then the Cardinals. I think the NFC outside of the division winners is just so weak that it will be like last season and both of the second and third place teams will make the wild card out of the NFC West. Now, who makes that final wild card spot? We'll find out as we go on. But I like the Cardinals and the Rams to grab two of the wild card spots. So we'll see all three of these teams in the playoffs again, according to my predictions. In the NFC North, I think it'll go just like how it did last season. The Packers have done nothing to change besides losing Devontae Adams. Now, even though I think that's a huge loss and they will not be Super Bowl contenders because of it, the rest of their division is very weak in the Vikings, Bears, and Lions. And for that case, I do have the Packers winning this division, and they're probably going to win all of the games against their division counterparts. But I do like switching the Bears and the Vikings. I think the Vikings have done nothing to change, and they kept Kirk Cousins for another year. The Bears, although they've not done much to get better, I do think Justin Fields will progress a little bit and land them in second. They don't win a game against Green Bay, but that's okay because they'll win their games against the Lions and they'll win a game or two against the Vikings to land them in second. Now the NFC South, if Tom Brady actually did end up retiring, this would have been by far the weakest division in the NFL. But since he is back, I think this division lands exactly how it was last season. It's gonna go Buccaneers, Saints, Falcons, and Panthers. Saints stuck with Jameis Winston. Falcons have Marcus Mariota. And the Panthers, it seems like they're sticking with Sam Darnold. I don't really know. But the Buccaneers are going to land in first. Uh, Tom Brady, will he regress? Maybe a tiny bit. I don't know. He was an MVP candidate uh, this past season. But I do think the Buccaneers won't be as good as they were last season. But they will win this division. 
Now, as for the final wildcard spot, as I already named the Cardinals and Rams as my favorite to grab the final spot, it's going to come between the uh, Saints and the Commanders for me. And if the Saints had a quarterback that was healthy this past season, they would have probably made the wildcard spot. For that being said, I think if Jameis is able to stay healthy, and even if he's not healthy, they just signed another quarterback right behind him, Andy Dalton, to back up. And I get Andy Dalton's not the greatest, but he will be good enough to, I think, land this team in a wild card spot. They'll be like the Eagles of last year. They'll get bounced in the first round very, very easily. But I do think they'll make the wild card spot this year. But I know it's early, so let me know what you guys think. Did I bunk out your favorite team or did I put them in but let me know what you guys think now ladies and gentlemen that is all the time we have for the season two finale of rookie ball now we'll give you guys an update I am gonna take an episode break to transition from season two into season three so don't expect an episode on Tuesday but I will be back next Friday to start season three of rookie ball so i really hope you guys enjoyed this episode and i can't wait to see you guys for season three i will see you guys on friday i will see you guys on the flippity flip get out of here <laughs>